0: What's new? How is the world you? on behalf of pastor henry harder and the renewal singers i welcome you to another broadcast of what's new my name is ed peters we return today to verse 18 of matthew chapter 16. this now will be our third study taken from this verse thus far we have focused on the foundation of the church the Lord of the church, and now today our focus will be on the certainty of the church, the architect of the church, and then on the endurance of the church. Now here, once again, is verse 18, and Matthew writes as follows, You are Peter, a stone, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell shall not prevail against it.
1: things must not divide us. We know our purpose is the same. For we have chosen Christ to guide us. We are united in His Through his word the Lord reminds us of the blessings that we share. Each of us has many talents. Which we share, which we share in many ways. Together we will meet God's challenge.
2: Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. For a number of What's New programs, the words of Jesus and Peter, recorded in Matthew 16, 13 to 20, have been the focus. I come back to these words in verse 18 again today. In answer to Jesus' question about who he was, Peter had said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus' response to Peter's tremendous witness was, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. Now verse 18. I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I spoke yesterday about Jesus as the Lord of the church. Clearly from the New Testament writers, Jesus is the head of the church, his body. And we who possess his life are its members. To the Colossians, Paul described Jesus as the head of the church. Chapter 118. So yesterday I spoke about the church, its Lord. Today I need to emphasize its certainty and its architect. Jesus said, I will build my church. I focus on that word, will. That has a ring of certainty to it. I will came from the lips of the Lord, and that allows for nothing but certainty. No merely human can speak with such certainty. I can say I will visit my brother tomorrow. But that statement coming from me, a human, while it may sound certain, contains all kinds of questions. I might be sick or dead tomorrow or the weather might not allow the flight. We may be fogged in, or it may not suit him. But Jesus, being God, can make such a statement, and absolutely nothing can stop it. Since Jesus said it, I can say that nothing will stop the building of his church. Over the centuries, many attempts have been made, but to no avail. In some countries where Christianity was outlawed and Christians were persecuted, it grew at a phenomenal rate, underground. Someone observed that the devil never harmed a church by persecuting it, but by joining up with it. Interesting, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. The church may change from time to time and culture to culture. The body of Christ will be built. As an organization, it may change, but as a living organism, it will continue. The organism will not die. We have the word of Christ himself on that. I have spoken about the church's Lord and its certainty. Now it's architect. Jesus said, I will build my church. I focus on that word build. Clearly, Jesus is the architect, the builder. That means that he has a blueprint, which is given in the Bible and which we must discover and follow. Man has the tendency to play the architect, and we develop our plans for his church. This is always a danger. Our job is to implement his plans. The church does not exist for itself alone nor does it exist only for man. Therefore, it is not subject to the kind of revolution that might be forced upon strictly human structures. Its nature can't be changed by human ingenuity. It's Christ's church, and he is its architect. Let's let the church be the church as he planned it to be. We stand in his place. We're his body. So what would he do if he were here? To discover the answers involves a careful study of the nature and structure of the church as given in God's instruction manual, the Bible. I speak to Christians here, so I focused on the church, its Lord, its certainty, its architect, and now its endurance. Here I come to the words of Jesus at the end of that 18th verse. He said, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. It goes without saying that this statement of Jesus presupposes that the church has a mortal enemy. We as the church can and should expect opposition. However, that opposition will not overcome the church. It will come out on top without question. Jesus called the opposition the gates of Hades or hell. What did he mean by those words? Remember where these words were spoken, at Caesarea Philippi at the base of Mount Hermon, north of Damascus. I've spoken about Caesarea Philippi a few programs back. On one side of the canyon is an almost vertical wall of rock. In the rock, just above the valley floor, is a cavern. At one time, the cave was much deeper than it is today. Part of the mountain rock has fallen from the top of the cave and filled much of it. In ancient times, evidently the bottom couldn't be seen, but heard were the rushing waters of a river. It is thought that some superstitious ancient Semites concluded that the depths contained the dwelling place of the god Baal. In fact, Joshua's reference in Joshua eleven seventeen 17, to Baal Gad, may refer to this place. When the Greeks came with Alexander the Great, they brought with them Greek deities. Since the place contained subterranean water, the easternmost source of the Jordan, the Greeks called the deity of that place Pan. Pan was the Greek god of forests, pastures, wildlife, and of shepherds and sheep. This god was represented with the legs, ears, and horns of a goat. The modern name Benias comes from the name of the god Pan. Some niches where images were kept remain and can be seen on the rock face. To some, the cave was thought to be the entrance to the home of the gods. To Jesus, of course, pagan pantheism and idol worship was Satan's substitute for the worship of God. I'll speak more about these gates of Hades on the next program. There is much more. It may be that Jesus and his disciples were standing near the waters below the cave, and he may well have pointed up to the cave and said, I will build my church, and those gates of Hades will not overcome it. The church is Christ's creation. It's not an institution that man contrived. He is building it, and I want to be a part of his process. One day he will present his bride, the church, to God the Father, without spot or wrinkle, as perfect as he himself is. Listen to the Renewal Singers as they remind us of those very words of Paul, taken from Ephesians chapter 5.
1: Tis a glorious church Without spot or wrinkle Washed in the blood of the Lamb Do you hear them coming, brother Thronging up the steeps of light Clad in glorious shining garments Blood-washed garments pure and white Tis a glorious, glorious church without spot or wrinkle Washed in the blood of the Lamb Tis a glorious, glorious church without spot or wrinkle Washed in the blood of the Lamb Never fear the clouds of sorrow. Storms of sin. We shall triumph on the morrow. Even now our joys begin. Wave the banner, shout his praises, for our victory is nigh. We shall join our conquering Saviour. We shall reign with him on high. Tis a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Tis a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, washed in the blood.